Welcome to On the Road to No Place Left. This is Feeney, and I'm driving as we learn to share the gospel, make disciples, and reproduce leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard. This is our second episode looking at reproducing leaders, which is the fifth part of the four fields. Movements need to reproduce at every level, disciples, churches, and maybe most importantly, leaders. And iron on iron, is a simple but very effective tool to help leaders. As you'll hear, a regular rhythm of iron on irons can be a great pathway to keep leaders on track, focused on the work, and focused on lostness. Let's jump in with Kyle Pearson. Well, what's been the best part of your week so far? Uh, best part of the week is always, you know, getting to have gospel conversations, honestly. You know, had a got a haircut yesterday and got to share with uh with the lady that, that cuts my hair and um she she really has no chance because she cuts my hair and uh my buddy aaron's hair and so <laughs> she's got she's been hearing the gospel uh from different angles but uh i got to share with her and then uh we went out on on uh, saturday and did a uh, did a gospel push among um uh some muslim people so it was good conversation so i just i love just kind of being on the cutting edge just sharing the gospel and finding where god's at work and yeah that's cool man so uh, i mean i don't even know this where are you at geographically and then i mean tell us how that even fits into kind of your connection to no place left yeah so um my wife and i and our family we live in uh, dallas fort worth metroplex and um you know there's 7.2 million people in, in dallas fort worth and uh, estimated 5.5 million people that are lost and over 400 language groups. Um, and so there's quite a bit of diversity in, in Dallas. There's a lot of people moving into the city um, for uh, mostly for economic reasons. The, the economy here is really, uh, really booming. There's cranes all over the place. You know, new buildings are going up. So that's typically a sign. So, uh, yeah, we've I'm from here. Um, okay from D- Dallas Fort Worth uh, grew up in a suburb of Dallas called Plano and uh, the, the reason that connects with no place left is um, you know I, I got saved at 26 um, and you know was discipled by some guys that um, really knew how to teach people to follow Jesus and um, uh, was in the business world and uh, started making disciples and uh, with what I knew uh, how to do and um, long story short took a perspectives course um, and uh, if anybody hasn't taken perspectives you need to um, but that just rocked our world uh, for the need to go to the unreached and so we went to uh, New York City to be trained after taking the course we quit our jobs and raised our money and moved, and, um, moved to uh, Harlem and uh, focused on a, a West African people group there and did that for three years and uh you know felt like the lord was leading us back to dallas fort worth to to do the same to reach uh the nations in uh in global cities and so um that's where we've been for the last uh shoot i guess since 2014 and um moving back i met met my buddy aaron and uh aaron and i've been really working hard together to try to see uh to see you know an axe type movement in in dallas fort worth where the gospel is just uh, going forward um like it did in the book of acts and 
you know, we had been laboring um, among a, a segment of population, a people group segment, and just really not getting anywhere. And uh, we found, uh, you know, through a lot of different uh, ways, the, the guys from the No Place Left uh, network um, actually connected with, um, you know, with those guys before the No Place Left you know, tagline was given. It was kind of coming under a different vision, but uh, really got got connected with them at a at a training in Austin, and was really impressed with just the the unity and language and process, and and they were seeing fruit, and I was just like, man, this is awesome. So we kind of I kind of took took what I knew and took it back to Dallas, and then uh, Aaron and I were continuing to to labor, and then uh, just continuing to hit the wall. And then we got uh, invited to, or I think we basically invited ourselves right. <laughs> into uh, Four Fields uh, Intensive. I think it was probably the second one being held in the States, but it was also down in Austin and got to hear from, um, you know, all the all the No Place Left Jedi talking about uh, the Four Fields. And, yeah, we'd heard that before. We've heard of the Four Fields Um and we had been trained on it actually and uh this training was differently because they actually showed us from the word of god that the four fields comes from from the bible <laughs> and so that basically shifted our whole way of thinking uh on how to um yeah how to, how to implement and uh really the force behind what we were really doing it wasn't just some you know missiology that some guys came up with and India that worked well. Uh, this is the kingdom growth plan. This is this is the plan that Jesus used, <laughs> mm. and then the apostles used in the Book of Acts. And so, uh, we we just came away from that training. Just um, it was there was a lot of repenting uh, in our mind of just like, hey, where do we spend our time, and what do we spend our time doing, and who do we spend it with, and uh, that that got us rolling. Um, um, but there's more after that. But that's a long answer to your question. I mean, we that's just really got how we got connected with, with the network. And Would you say there was a framework you were following kind of in that unfruitful period before you ran into the four fields and really understood it? Or were you just, I mean, I know for me, I would say I probably have poorly followed the four fields at times. Um, yeah. Was it a different framework or was it just not actually following? Like, I'm just curious when you well, talk about that unfruitful time and then how really digging in and seeing in God's word helped. helped right. right. Well, I would say, and I always say, everyone's doing the four fields. Um, you know, just as that's how the kingdom grows. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing the, the four fields to some degree. But, uh, you know, we had a CPM mindset. Uh, we had been equipped and trained uh, on CPM principles. And, uh, you know, we were, uh, you know, trying to implement Discovery Bible Studies and doing that among uh, international students uh, at Columbia University, but really trying to... Uh, see, uh, you know, the people group in New York City, uh, the Wolof people reached, um, which takes a ton of gospel sowing. I mean, you got to find out where God's at work. Mm-hmm. And so um, we were following the framework. I didn't, you know, we didn't realize that, you know, there's actually a kingdom growth process. I wouldn't say that we were grounded in the word as, as well as we are now to, to troubleshoot and look for problems and figure out how to answer our questions using that four fields framework. Yeah, we were we were we were touching on the principles. We just didn't have the 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 framework in mind, and we didn't really have the 
the understanding of how to multiply that strategy and other laborers to see, you know, a lot of people doing a little bit at the same time. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. no, it does. That's really helpful. Our mutual friend, everybody's mutual friend, Troy Cooper, put us in touch. Uh, yeah. I've reached out to a handful of guys as I'm going through different simple tools is what I want to feature on this podcast and iron mm-hmm. on iron. Mm-hmm. He mentioned you with, so I'd just love for you to just give us an overview of what is an iron on iron. How does that fit into the, we're talking right now about that fifth part of the four fields of just reproducing mm-hmm. leaders. Like you just said, reproducing uh, people that can continue the process. So yeah, give us a big overview of, of an iron on iron and why it's, why it's important. Yeah, the the iron and iron really is a is a troubleshooting tool, and it's uh, it's community based, which is, is is awesome. You know, there's there's more than one person involved, uh, and it really follows the the look back, look up, look forward, uh, three thirds process. Um, so, um, you know, if, if a leader, someone who's been laboring in a, in a field for you know extended period of time. You know, uh, is desiring. Hey, you know, I'm really stuck in some areas, and I, and I just really don't know um, how to move forward. Uh, I really need some some coaching and some help of, of just some advice on how to get over these barriers. Uh, an iron and iron is is really um, perfect for that. Um, as you sit down with, you know, two or three or four others that are, are looking into your looking into your work as outsiders looking in. Uh, and really keeping in focus lostness. Lostness is the is the focus. How, how do we impact uh, lostness um, uh, effectively? And really keeping the vision uh, that the that the worker has in front of them. So uh, those are a couple of things that we state. Or what are the brutal facts of your location? And what is your vision? And so with with that in mind. Uh, we, we look at you know the, the key components of, of what's important in a movement that's abiding life and so asking questions of, about how, how's your abiding quality and quantity uh, how's your prayer time um, are you are you spending time in prayer are you fasting so that, that's a, a really big focus um, for it so so just checking those those abiding pieces and, and certainly the the vision and um, and, and the understanding of the father's heart, et cetera, and ha- having that at the front end um, really keeps things keeps things focused. Um, we always say, ch- you know, kind of check your ego at the door, you know, and, and let's just really be be brutally honest about what's happening and uh, be willing to to listen listen to that. And um, so uh, that's kind of the front end of it. You know, what's your vision? What's your location? Uh, and really diving down into as you're looking at the four fields framework hey which what's your common tools what's your process that you're using to pursue and talk about that talk about how that's working and then any any gin maps or any any discipleship multiplication maps that uh, you know the worker has that we can look in and actually see you know in your most fruitful areas you know where where are you stuck so you know we have a common tools and language and process that we're able to look into those streams of work and really kind of find out um you know where where, where is the stuckage um, and that's really what we're focused on okay where where are we stuck what are the barriers um and then just a time of encouragement you know um yeah this is hard work <laughs> and there's not a lot of not a lot of success and uh is what we've you know you hear in some fields it's just like man i've got 
you know, <laughs> 18 streams of 4G church and you come to the West and you're like, man, I'm struggling to get to that first church, you know? So we just want to celebrate with, with the worker, you know, just the persevering and just the things that we see in their life and just encourage them. And then just a time of, uh, of suggestions. So um, the suggestions are real direct. It's not, have you thought about, or have you thought about this? Is The suggestion is, I think you should do this. I think you should do this. And real direct feedback from, from the group that's been listening the whole time, taking notes, and then giving those suggestions, and then having a time for the person being ironed to go, okay, what did you, what did you hear? And uh, what, are the, what are the next steps for you? What are the action steps? Or just you know, two or three action steps, real simple, uh, so that you can be sure to apply them. And what's really interesting is the iron and irons that we've been a part of, you really kind of figure out your own solutions by just talking. <laughs> and so by the end of the iron and iron, you're like, I got it. I know what I need to do next, you know? So um, it's just a really, man, most people that go, go through iron and irons and we do them as an organization. It's a time of worship, man. It really is. Mm-hmm. It's a rich time of just talking about what God is doing in the work but what god is doing in the person because ultimately we know that god's most focused on us becoming like jesus and uh god he'll use the work to do that you know (laughs) so uh it's uh it's a really incredible tool that uh you know everyone should be be willing to be a part of an iron and iron yeah that's a good word and i'll definitely just post a document and show notes that kind of lays out a lot of what you talked about just for those mm-hmm. of us who like to view things reading it but reading the document isn't as helpful as actually uh getting in one and and having that sharpening i would know i would say that from experience that i love the check that you go at the door that you said i mean that was i actually just a couple of weeks ago actually it was last week had an iron on iron and the two things that you said the one was the check that you go at the door because like people are like picking at my gen map and you're like oh that hurts cut cut that out but you're like mm. and then you just have this gut check of like well what is this for and they they care about me and they care about the work like this is this is what you want and then uh the other one is just the solution side of it it was like it was actually pre-iron on iron when i was updating my gen map i was like mm-hmm. totally been leaving that out like <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just like um so yeah. great yeah just affirm some of what you said yeah no it's uh i tell you the the iron and iron that changed our life. I mean, we, we always look back to this one iron and iron that we had and mm. two guys that we respect greatly, you know, Jeff and Chuck, I mean, basically just looked at us and go and said, man, there's a, uh, you guys need to make a big shift. I mean, a lot of times it's little shifts, mm-hmm. uh, but this was an iron and iron when they said, Hey, you're going this direction and you need to go this direction, man. It was like, it was like infuriating at first because it's like, man, we've been going, working hard towards this and blood, sweat and tears. And you're telling us that we're going the wrong direction. And man, it took a few days and, and Aaron and I were just kind of like stewing back and forth and like, you know, <laughs> but they were right. They were, they were 100% right. And, uh, we took, we took their advice and, uh, you know, a- after that iron and iron, our, our, what God began to do through us after that, it was just exponential. Uh, and we saw some pretty significant breakthroughs in the work. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's, there's those times, most, most of the shifts are small, but there was this, that time it was a big shift and it, it was really, it was really kind of painful. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. uh, 
but uh, we had to get over it and uh, we had to keep moving. Yeah, and again, I think like you said, that focus on the lostness and the focus on the vision can really help help us take those, those the constructive criticism or even the, the really tough things to hear after change. If we keep that, if we keep lostness as public enemy number one, that can really help. What does that look like? I mean, just practically for you guys, you're just getting together for coffee every so often. Like when, when just practically does an iron on iron happen? Any general plan for how those happen? I'd just love to kind of hear practically what does that look like to, to make sure they're happening, make sure that uh, laborers are regularly in iron on irons. Yeah, so um, we try to regularly schedule them quarterly. Okay. And so quarterly iron on irons because you don't want you don't want them two back to back because you want to get give the people opportunity to implement their steps. And so you know a, a lot of times, uh, yeah. You know, if it's quarterly, it's just like, okay, you know, I'm still implementing these things and I still don't have enough feedback from um, the, the changes that I've made. So I need some more time um, and then and maybe another iron and iron in, in, in three more months. But um, we try to get them, get them set for, for quarterly. And uh, yeah, it's, with, it's just with networks and people that, that are laboring, um, uh, you know, with the, with the vision, you know, it, sometimes it's hard to convince people that uh, an iron and iron would be a good idea. <laughs> and so uh, you can't really force people to, Hey, we, we need to do an iron and iron because I mean, they don't work for you, you know? <laughs> and so, and so that's, uh, that's sometimes a challenge, but um, yeah, I think, you know, for us, you know, as we've been laboring, we know when it's time, Hey, we need, we need, we need someone to look into this. We need, we need an iron and iron. So we will call up our, We'll call up our guys and go, hey, we iron us. And, and, it, and it, it happens, you know, it can happen over a call like this. It could happen in a coffee shop. Typically, it's super informal mm-hmm. uh, in a coffee shop, um, in a restaurant, you know, somewhere where you can, you know, have have a good conversation and um, we can not, you know, have to deal with too much distraction. Oh, you mentioned something at the beginning that kind of came in there. Uh, you talked about outsiders looking into the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how outside does that usually have to be? Is that just not somebody that you see every day? Uh, does it need to be, they need to be states away? Like just describe that dynamic and even the benefit of an outsider versus uh, somebody that already is close to it. We found it to be most beneficial to have people that are working a similar strategy using the same language process and tools uh, that are working in different locations because it's always good to hear feedback from, hey, yeah, I've been through this, I've, I've experienced this, and this is what we tried, and so I suggest you do this. But sometimes it's good to have um, somebody not in your not in your network that they they may see, you know, a blind spot that uh, that uh, you haven't you haven't picked up on. You mm-hmm. know, we've had uh, we've had people, you know, just be a part of an iron and iron, I and mean, everyone who's there, you know, is is invited to participate. And we've had people that really aren't movement people give some pretty good feedback on hey this is something i see and the principles really kind of are universal in a lot of different areas and they say hey why don't you try this and i was like man that was that was good advice you know so it may benefit you know at some point to you know include people that that have a different realm of influence in another area to bring in but for the most part what, what we found beneficial is people a part of a network or part of uh, you know a strategy pursuing movements to help you uh, troubleshoot. 
So you've kind of hinted at a couple stories or even told a few. Do any others come to mind just of, you just saw an iron on iron, whether it turns the light bulb on or it just helps somebody get over a significant barrier and how God worked through it? Well, yeah, there was a, so one, one example would be we we're doing an iron iron with a local pastor here. Uh, he's, you know, part of a, a part of a church that uh, is coalitioning with another church in, in a city here in Dallas to go after lostness. And uh, we did an iron and iron uh, with him at a mid level, and his his suggestion wasn't related much to processor tools. It was related to his abiding life. So we, we gave him some suggestions and he implemented it immediately. And uh, literally in two weeks, yeah, he, he was giving us feedback and he said, man, I, I've heard the Holy Spirit speak to me clearly in two instances since your suggestion. And so I would say that was a pretty cool breakthrough for him in an area that we don't really focus much on. Yeah, that's awesome. You mentioned a mid-level. Do you want to give me a, just kind of give me an explanation of that and how iron on iron fits into, either fits into that or how they're related or anything like that? Uh, yeah, so uh, mid-level training is is kind of where, you, where you've gathered, you know, your leaders, those that, uh, you know, are, are pursuing no place left in your location. And um, it's really a, a time of, just kind of recalibrating and rest and a lot of focus on on abiding and um, you know uh, possibly some pastoral care pastoral elements because as I mentioned uh, you know this you can take some hits doing this type of work and there's there's a lot of troubleshooting um, that goes on um, you know maybe some introduction to some uh, troubleshooting tools uh, as you're kind of looking in your area and uh, observing you know where people are stuck and where barriers are, you know, helping them self-diagnose as a network. Hey, here's our stuckages in each field, and uh, here are some possible solutions that we may uh, like to pursue. So it's basically just kind of a, a you know a community of practice coming together, you know, looking into the work as a whole, and then the iron and iron is a part of that because each individual person, um, you know, receives an iron and iron for their particular work in their particular location. And so just coming away with some takeaways. So mid-levels are, 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 are wonderful. Um, it's just, uh, when you're, when you're around a, a group of people that have common vision and are laboring together, man, it's like a bunch of soldiers getting together mm-hmm. and, and uh, the, the incendiary fellowship is, is rich. So. That's great. Do you guys do those about once a year? How often does a mid-level happen? Uh, we, we try to do a mid-level probably twice a year. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, that, that seems to be a, a good rhythm uh, for mid-levels. And, and they, they kind of look different. Um, they, they hit on the same principles, but they look different uh, depending on who's in the room. You know, and uh, typically mid levels are invite only. It's, it's people that um, uh, you know they're they're not new to the to the to the work or to the language or to the process. So there's not a lot of you know kind of the unlearning that has to go on on the front end of a lot of what we do. But people that are just really jiving together and, and moving in the in the in the same direction. I, I just I, I can't express how helpful that that iron and iron time is. You, sometimes it's, you know, you get into your work and you're just so focused and you, and you don't see 
some things that are over here to the side or behind you and and you just need need other people to help you we're supposed to be doing this together sometimes you feel like you're on an island you feel like you're the only person doing this stuff and uh you know just having that that community of people that uh so beneficial the, the body of christ with the gifts and the and the insight uh is yeah man it's great that's good. So any advice, this is just me, just using you personally now. How do you get, um, what am I trying to say? There's just, sometimes you're like, man, why won't these people, why don't they want to be in an iron on iron? Like what, like they seem like they're about to work. They were at an intensive, like what, like mm-hmm. come on, you, you would, this would benefit you. Do you, have you guys worked through that? Or do you, after you've kind of given a few invites to people, it's like, well, we're here. They don't have to come like any anything for me there i just keep asking them um, because at some point they're going to hit a wall Mm. you know and uh and you kind of have to come to that wall moment you know and 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 just see your your need for others to to help you you know so i would just continue to hey want to give an iron iron if if you're willing would love to would love to do it um with you and, and just help you and and uh, I would just also clarify, you know, what it is and what the purpose is for it, because it kind of has a, you know, scary name, iron and iron, you know, right. it's like, they're going to come in and really, you know, <laughs> destroy everything I'm doing. And that's not really the purpose of it. it the, the purpose is to, is to really minister to people. Kyle mentioned Fourfield's intensive trainings, as well as mid-levels, and of course our main focus for this episode, Iron on Irons. If you're curious about this whole no place left Fourfield's thing, I would encourage you to find a Fourfield's intensive training. It lays out the framework and skills in a three or four day training. You can kind of see it as a whole package. If you're already pursuing no place left, but feel stuck, find yourself a mid-level or a few people for an Iron on Iron. The encouragement and instruction will be so helpful to you. You can find a few links to get training in the show notes. Those also include anything else we talked about today. You can find those at ontheroad.feeny.com. That's ontheroad, all lowercase and together, dot P-H-E-A-N-E-Y dot com. If you want to leave some feedback or ask a question, you can go to that same URL and look for the jump in heading. This is Feeny. Thanks for listening. Keep sharing the gospel, making disciples, and reproducing leaders and churches until there is no place left where the name of Jesus hasn't been heard.